1: we continue with our study of Paul's letter to the Ephesians. Ephesians chapters 1 and 2 are all about what God has done for us, bringing us from spiritual death to spiritual life, and into eternal fellowship with him and with others who belong to Christ. Chapter 3 verses 1 through 13 is a review and a reminder. In chapter 3 verses through Paul writes a prayer that we will understand the significance of all that he has said so far and that we will be filled up to all the fullness of God. This shows you how to pray for yourself and how to pray for every other Christian you know. Please follow along with Pastor Jim as he continues our study of today's slice of this week's message entitled, What God Wants for You.
0: A gentleman by the name of uh, Robert Munger was a pastor many years ago. He, He wrote a booklet that was given to me at a crucial time in my early spiritual development. It's called, My Heart, Christ's Home. Just a little thing. And it's a very clever and very insightful and accurate exposition of this book. In the booklet, Jesus is portrayed as going room by room through a house. And in the analogy, the house represents various aspects of the owner's life. They went to the library. That was the control room of the house, like the mind. Jesus has to be in charge of what you're putting into your mind. They went to the the dining room, which represents the desires and the appetites and We need to give Jesus full control of our desires and our pleasures. They went to the drawing room. That was an intimate, comfortable, quiet place. And in Munger's little booklet, he pictures the Lord saying about the drawing room, this is indeed a delightful room. Let us come here often. It is secluded and quiet and we can have fellowship together. They also went to the workshop That's the place where the tools of production were kept. And Munger portrays the Lord saying, what are you producing with your life for the kingdom of God? And the owner said, I have not much skill or strength. And the Lord's response is, let me have your hands. I'll show you how to use these tools. They went to the rumpus room for the playroom as it would be now. At first, the owner did not want the Lord to come to this room in his life. He said, certain associations and friendships, activities and amusements that I wanted to keep for myself are there. I evaded the issue of these. The Lord said, can I go with you? And Munger says, uh, then we went down into the rumpus room of the house and he transformed it. He brought into life real joy, real happiness, real satisfaction, real friendship, laughter and music have been ringing in the house ever since. Now, I'm going to let Pastor Munger's words tell you the story about the chapter called That Hall Closet. Here's what he says. There's just one more matter that I might share with you. One day I found him waiting for me at the door. There was an arresting look in his eye. He said to me as I entered, There is a peculiar odor around here. It's upstairs. I think it is in the hall closet. As soon as he said the words, I knew what he was talking about. Yes, there was a small hall closet behind lock and key. I had one or two personal things that I did not want anybody to know about, and certainly I did not want Christ to see. I knew that they were dead and rotting things And yet I loved them, and I wanted them so for myself that I was afraid to admit that they were there. I went up the stairs with him, and as we mounted, the odor became stronger and stronger. He pointed at the door and said, it's in there, some dead thing. I was angry, that's the only way I can put it. I had given him access to the library, the dining room, the drawing room, the workshop, the rumpus room. And now he was asking me about a little two-by-four closet. I said inwardly, this is too much. I'm not going to give him the key. Well, he said, reading my thoughts, if you think I'm going to stay up here on the second floor with this odor, you are mistaken I will take my bed out on the back porch. I'm certainly not going to put up with that. And I saw him start down the stairs. When you have come to know and love Christ, the worst thing that can happen to you is to sense his fellowship retreating from you. I had to surrender. I'll give you the key, I said sadly, but you'll have to open that closet. You'll have to clean it out. I haven't the strength to do it. I know, he said. I know you haven't. Just give me the key. Just authorize me to take care of that closet, and I will. So with trembling fingers, I passed the key over to him. He took it from my hand, walked over to the door, opened it, entered it, took out all the putrefying stuff that was rotting there, and threw it away. Then he cleansed the closet painted it, fixed it up, doing it all in a moment's time. Oh, what victory and release to have that dead thing out of my life. Well, finally, in his booklet, Munger has a chapter that speaks of transferring the title. In other words, the the change of attitude from viewing yourself as hosting Christ in your life to Him being the master turning over your life to Him. He's the master. You're the slave. You belong to Him. That makes all the difference. That's what it means, beloved, to have Christ dwell in your hearts by faith, to set up operation there, to make it His headquarters. As we close, um, I requested a song this morning. We sang it. A little while ago, um, I was working ahead because I was going away this week, and I, so it was by Wednesday, which usually happens Friday night or Saturday. I knew how I wanted to wrap this up, and uh, I chose this song, so I asked Dirk and Bruce to put it in the, in the two services. And uh, I-, I love this song. I learned it when I was a young believer. And then I read about this song. It's called My Jesus, I Love Thee. It's by a man named William Featherston. It was, uh, it was contemporary Christian music. If you were in America in the third year of the Civil War, 1864, William Featherston was contemplating John 21, 15. Jesus asked Peter, do you love me? Do you love me? Really, do you love me? And Peter said, Lord, you know I love you. And he was meditating on that. William Featherston was age 16 when he wrote this song. There's even one source that says he was 12 when he wrote this song, but a preacher probably made that up. Listen to this and make this your prayer. The cool thing is that ever since I decided on Wednesday afternoon that I was going to finish the sermon this way, I've had this song in my mind, and you know, I always have an ear room. I'm going on four days now of nothing but this song over and over and over and I can't get enough. I love you too much to sing it to you. You know the tune, but let this sink in. My Jesus, I love thee. I know thou art mine for thee all the follies of sin I resign. My gracious Redeemer, my Savior art thou if ever I loved thee, my Jesus, tis now. I love thee because thou hast first loved me and purchased my pardon on Calvary's tree. I love thee for wearing the thorns on thy brow. If ever I loved thee, my Jesus, tis now. I'll love thee in life. I will love thee in death and praise thee as long as thou lendest me breath And say, when the death dew lies cold on my brow, if ever I loved thee, my Jesus, tis now. In mansions of glory and endless delight, I'll ever adore thee in heaven so bright. I'll sing with the glittering crown on my brow, if ever I loved thee, my Jesus, tis now. Let's pray. Oh, Father, we know you because of that Jesus whom we love, your Son whom you sent to die that we might live. Father, um, what a powerful word picture that is that one of your servants wrote that we would um, allow you to peruse all the rooms, all the corners of our lives. And Father, there are those things that we maybe foolishly have thought that we could hide from You. How silly. Clean them out, we pray, as only You can. Father, there are those things that, that we do, that we think, that we feel, and And we confess them to you that we know that they're wrong. But, Father, we also confess to you that we hate that we love them. It's so hard to to let go. Please, our Father, strengthen us with your power in the inner man that your Son might dwell in our hearts by faith and set up shop there that we might... Walk in those good works which you've designed beforehand for us to walk in them. That way we know that you will receive the glory. For we pray in Jesus' name, amen. If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program.